2021 definitely was not a normal year. When you look at property, you look at crypto and you look at the share market, there's been things that have been happening that have been out of this world. In this video, I wanna go through some of the records that have actually been broken this year when it comes to the Australian property market, the health of the overall property market and what I think we can learn from in 2021 to bring into 2022 as we prepare to grow our wealth. If you are interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now it's actually been over a week and the first time this entire year of 2021 where I've missed a couple of uploads. Reason being, we've got Christmas, Boxing Day's just finished and I just wanted to relax, spend some time with family and friends and that's exactly what I did. But just taking some time off has just allowed me to reflect on what's happened over this past year. And then when you look at something specific like property, how that's been so different to the previous years really puts into context what we should be looking at when we return to normality. A return to reality is what I'm focusing on for 2022 when it comes to these markets, whether it's crypto, whether it's real estate, or whether it's you running your own business. So I hope you've enjoyed your holidays. You're probably still on holidays, but this is the time now when we start getting the plans together, the goals are getting set, so that we can prepare for January 2022 and hit the ground running. Prices rose at the fastest pace in more than three decades. In 2021, we experienced a property boom. The level of price growth has been the fastest in more than three decades, but in real terms, it's the third fastest in a century. Over the past year, Sydney house prices have risen over 24%, Melbourne at 15% and Brisbane at 20%. Overall, dwelling prices have risen 23% in capital cities, while in regions, they've surged by 30%. Some of the areas that we've actually been buying in for the last 18, 24 months have actually increased by more than 30%. Now, obviously clients were over the moon when they saw these results and they're like, holy shit, do you know something we don't? And chances are it was just more research but but when we looked at that in an overall context of what's been happening in the economy it was not as difficult to be picking the right areas but the difference of getting an extra three or four percent relative to the entire market that does obviously make a big difference especially when it's compounding growth but when you look at that and you say well this is easy I can do this anyone can buy property and make money this year coming 2022 well that's where I think a lot of people are going to get caught out I don't think we're going to see huge amounts of growth I think some areas are actually going to either plateau and even drop down further and this is is why we need to have our blinkers on, all hands on deck when it comes to research, because we can focus on what's been happening and say, oh, well, that's fantastic. It's just going to continue. But I personally don't think it is. And that's why I think it's quite easy to fall into that trap of thinking, well, this can last forever. I'm just going to keep going because people buy with emotions. Moving forward, property prices will continue to grow in 2022, but at a much slower pace. Yet I predict that in 12 months time, new record highs will be reached in property values around Australia. And I've shown this graph before, historical house price year ended percentage change and we can see how drastic this move actually is when you compare it to the previous moves. And when you see here, we've had that slowdown and that was due to APRA. If you do want to deep dive into these stats, I'm going to leave a link in the description as well as a video that pops up here so you can go through this in detail. Number two, Australians became wealthier than ever before. Australian households just kept getting wealthier. A combination of surging house prices and a solid share market gains saw total Australian household wealth grow by 4.4% or $590 billion in September quarter. Wealth is up 20.2% on a year ago, the strongest annual in 11.5 years. Australia's total household wealth hit an all-time high of 13.9 trillion with wealth per person of 540,000 
also setting record highs. And a large part of this growth in wealth is related to owning a home. The total value of residential property in Australia was 7.2 trillion at the end of November 2020. It grew to 8 trillion by April 2021, and the year finished breaking a record with the value of residential properties now being worth $9.4 trillion. We can see here, everything has just sort of taken off. Uh, we saw this decline here, and this will be related to the global financial crisis. And we've seen that steady tick up, uh, but it's really in this last sort of 12 to 24 months where we've seen almost parabolic growth and that's not sustainable. But what we need to focus on is not so much, hey, our assets are going up, we're all wealthier. It's actually that the fact that our value of our currency has been dropping. I've been saying this all year across numerous videos where it's actually a fake sort of idea of you know wealth creation and where we feel like we're getting wealthier and it's really called the wealth effect. And so the governments, they came out, they put out stimulus, knowing full well that the stimulus is aimed at people that lost jobs, aren't able to run their restaurants or whatever it is, but somehow they find their way in to actually go and help the more wealthier people in the economy. So it's a very weird cycle that plays out. You should definitely do some research around that, but that's why it's important to understand that a majority of this net wealth was really because so much money was coming into the system. Everyone just felt more wealthier and that demand kept increasing, which meant the supply you know, dwindling, the listings dwindling, and we had a lack of supply, especially when it came to houses. And so we've seen this huge surge in prices. In 2022, it's gonna be important to see how much stimulus is gonna be in the system, despite the fact that we do have virus cases increasing, but we may not necessarily have lockdowns. Mortgage rate hits historic lows. We know the last time that the RBA raised interest rates was almost 12 years ago. And ever since, interest rates have been falling. In 2021, low interest rates and the easy availability of finance spurred record demand for property, pushing prices higher Australia-wide. New lending and refinancing also hit an all-time high. I guess that's another record that was set. And we can see here variable housing interest has just completely been falling off a cliff. Now, we have seen banks starting to increase interest rates and they're increasing it fairly quickly. I think it was CBA that came out and actually you know, increased rates by three times in the one month. So that's not sustainable either. You can't just keep increasing it like that, but they obviously have a plan as part of their bigger plan around crypto and things like that. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. But what I'm seeing is that the RBA will step in at some point and increase their cash rate, but irrespective, the banks are already on top of it. They know what's happening. We need rates to increase when it comes to you know managing inflation and how much money is in the system. But it's almost like that concept I've spoke about. You've taken out the toothpaste out of the tube and now it's very difficult to get it back in. And that's the sort of problem I think is not going to just be alleviated over the next six months. I think it's something that we kick the can down the road for the next three to five years and really see how it plays out. We've seen a record number of new property listings. The number of properties listed for realestate.com hit a historic low in June 2021. That's not really surprising with many vendors being nervous about the ability to sell their homes during the challenging times of on again, off again lockdowns. Of course, anyone actively searching for property this year would have felt a shortage of A-grade homes and investment grade properties on the market. This is very interesting to understand is that despite having people feel wealthier, have access to money and cheap rates, it was difficult to find the right property. And so sometimes we'll have conversations with clients as part of the buyer's agency and we talk about why there's a bit of a delay in us finding the right properties. And they're like, well, you know, I just wanna buy something ASAP. And that's the sort of thought process, the emotions that we started seeing in the market where people were paying way above what they should be paying 
for a good quality property. Some of these properties were being purchased by people that have never done a purchase in their life, but they were purchasing without due diligence like pest and building inspections. Some were even going and saying, oh, don't worry about the finance clause as long as we can get the deal. That is risk that I'm not willing to take in any market. So that's just something that, you know, it's an education piece about being wary that agents were just throwing properties on as well as vendors that knew they had problems with their property, knowing that some people would be like, hey, well, I don't mind as long as it's a property I just want to buy. And that's where people got caught out. We can see here the complete drop off of supply in the system when it comes to properties being listed. Number five, demand for housing hit record highs. This year saw many Australian families upgrade their homes while a record number of Aussies became first home buyers. The combination of low interest rates, the impetus from shifting lifestyle preferences, an influx of expats, low supply of property for sale, forced savings and government support measures have all fueled Australians' insatiable appetite for property to historic highs for much of the year. And this record demand at a low time of supply of properties for sale led to historic price growth. So we did see a huge influx, I think in the first half of 2021 with first home buyers. And then as investors came into the market, they understood what was happening. Plus they got access to you know, cheap debt and refinancing options they came into the market and then they really pushed up the prices. Where I get concerned is, you know, buying when the market's moving so quickly up when you're a first home buyer, because when you're buying your first home, you've never bought property before, you don't know how you've managed, you know, a big mortgage psychologically, but also numbers wise, and then buying into a property with emotion is a high probability of you making the wrong decision. And that's where I do get concerned because we could see, you know, a pullback in this market over the next 12 to 24 months. Have we got the emergency funds? Are we going out there and getting a 2% or a 5% deposit, having the government support us? Well, if we're doing that, we may not actually have an emergency buffer if something were to go wrong, especially with our jobs. So that's where I do get concerned. One of those concerns that I've had all throughout this year was not just about you know, people buying property at crazy amounts of value over the market value, but more importantly, the first home buyers that were going out and purchasing property, but didn't really have the emergency buffer in place in case something goes wrong. Properties sold at a record speed across the country. Another record broken in 2021 was the speed at which many properties were sold. With multiple buyers keen to purchase the limited number of good properties for sale, many were forced to make quick decisions and in some cases pay premium to purchase their property. Looking back at premium paid at the beginning of the year, most buyers would have been very pleased with their decision. As for the records broken, in November, the median number of days a property was listed on realestate.com.au before it was sold was 30 days, a historic low. So essentially putting something up on the market, someone comes in and purchasing it. That's what we refer to as days on market. What's important here is we saw a difference in how agents really approached over the last 12 months selling a property. So naturally they would go, oh, we don't really wanna do open homes. Maybe we can get an off market opportunity. But now that they had supply that was at all time lows, they may not actually be getting four or five listings every month. Now they were going, okay, if I'm only gonna get two listings, instead of doing off market, I'll go pre-market, which is sending out information about the property to a few key buyers. Now we were obviously on the list for a lot of and we saw that during the pre-market sort of opportunity, we're able to do our research, we're able to look at things and you know figure out what we want and what we don't want for our client. And then as soon as it hits the market, we've already done the background of information gathering and understanding, is this a value play for us? And we're able to move very quickly. Hence why we've seen this number also drop. Property sales volumes soared. An estimated 614,000 properties changed hands in the past 12 months, the highest level in almost 18 years. In fact, in November, property transactions were up 32.6% above the decade annual average. 2021 enjoyed a perfect storm, low interest rates, fiscal and institutional support for households, 
high household savings and relatively low levels of property for sale started the boom of 2021 that people will be talking about for years to come. At the same time, the first weekend in December saw a record number of properties taken to auction, which resulted in a record dollar value of properties being transacted. And we can clearly see that you know, encapsulated in this actual graph. We can see all of it starting to go parabolic, uh, very unsustainable the way that it's moving up. But I think what we saw in the last quarter of 2021 has been a real slowdown. Now, traditionally, you've got spring, which is the most popular time for people to sell and exchange homes. When you get into the last quarter, people are more likely to go and look forward to holidays, don't really wanna move around Christmas time. They might be going on holidays as well. And given that we've been in lockdown for so long, I think people are focusing on that. It's not really a reflection of the fact that the market isn't as strong as it was say six months ago, but we are definitely seeing a bit of a pullback from people going out there and spending a huge amount of money. Obviously concerns around QE, tapering, as well as interest rates moving up is definitely something to keep an eye on in 2022. Rentals finally rose. After several years of slow rental growth in the year to November, Australian rental yields increased 9.4%, which is the strongest annual appreciation in rent since January, 2008, which I find is very interesting, right? So you have prices increase of properties, then people get priced out of buying in those suburbs that they really like. They have to look for their next option, which in this case is renting. Now, what I don't like about how this data sort of comes across is that we only focus on a generalized version of all of Australia and mostly houses relative to the units. But in specific areas, if you were to look at rentals in units, that has been on a steady decline. Now we've seen some sort of an uptick in the lower supplied areas, but I know firsthand people being struggling to get out their properties, especially these units that people were buying because they thought, hey, it was a good idea as a first home buyer to get into a new flashy one bedroom or two bedroom home being a unit and they are really finding it hard to find a good quality tenant. When it comes to the regional stuff, I know that there's not much information out online as well as you know on YouTube, everyone's talking about capital cities. But when you look at regionals and being a regional fanboy, I suppose, that's where we've really seen an uptick of you know prices, affordability has been dropping and we are seeing that rental growth, especially against all those investment properties. Capital cities experience a net loss of people. Now I'm not gonna go too much into detail in this video around this because I already covered this in detail in this video that you should definitely check out. There's a bunch of graphs and it's gonna give you a good idea of what's happened in 2021. The reason we focus on these things is because we know where we're coming from when we start 2022. You might be one of these that you sit there and you've gone, okay, Christmas is over, New Year's is coming around, I can chill out. 2022, I'm making moves. But if you've not looked at the market for the last six to 12 months, you're gonna find it very cloudy when you go into this market and say, well, what is the value of a property? What is the right value that I'm willing to pay? And are we purchasing in an area that has all these metrics being met up? That's why I'm doing this video. So it gives you a bit of a summary and snapshot of where we are coming from, which has been one of the side effects of the pandemic. Of course, there's not really a fair comparison since there are literally hundreds of regional locations and thousands of different suburbs, each performing differently based on their individual local factors. As the year ended, the trend had reversed, the capital cities outperforming. What we can see here is combined regionals at 25.2%, combined capitals at 21.3%. This whole argument that regionals don't grow, capital cities grow more, there's blue chip, blah, blah, blah. I've heard it all before. I've been hearing it not just for the last two years, because the last two years, the narrative changed to going, oh, well, that's only the case because you know, people are moving out because of COVID. No, this has been happening since I started investing and well before that. There was a reason I even started investing into regional areas and it's because there was history and there was context around why it was happening and why it made sense. So for me, it just made sense because I get the cash flow and the capital growth. That's how I'm moving in this market. And I'm in areas that actually have a lot of supply when it comes to rental stock. So why would I be buying here? I can just go out, 
rent a property, negotiate on the rent because there is so much supply in these areas that I can actually get a good property at a decent deal while majority of my funds go into higher growth assets like your cryptocurrency, like collectibles, and I can still continue building up my investment portfolio. A bit of a dense video and I know some of you guys might be on holidays, but it's always good to get started early. For me, it was very important that we reassess what's happened this year and over the last week that I've been off YouTube, I've been really focused on giving as much value daily in my Patreon community. So if you are interested in sort of receiving that information on the daily, you can't get onto YouTube and watch like a 20 minute video, you can go there. There's daily update posts across NFTs, crypto and real estate. So if you are interested, there's a link in the description below for that and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.